0: It is such a great blessing to be with you today. It's wonderful to join in song to our Lord, to remember His sacrifice for us, to study together and pray together, to give together. It's a blessing to be with you. I want to see a show of hands. How many of you are familiar with a book called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? A few of you are. A few of you aren't. More of you aren't than are. Uh, That's a book that when I was growing up and I was in elementary school, we were read by the teacher, this book. And uh, it focuses on one little boy from the time that he woke up in the morning to the time that he goes to bed at night. And just everything wrong that could happen does happen. He wakes up in the morning and chewing gum is in his hair that he didn't spit out the night before. He trips on a skateboard. He drops his sweater in the sink. And he, he found no prizes in his breakfast cereal. He doesn't get a window seat at the carpool. He drew a fantastic picture of an invisible castle and the teacher just didn't care for it. He goes through the day, he gets no dessert at lunch and they're out of his shoes at the shoe store and they've got lima beans for dinner and he just hates those and bedtime was bad as well, he, he, nightlight burnout and the cat chose to sleep with his brother. You know, we chuckle at that, don't we? we? We chuckle at those sorts of things and we think, oh, oh, that little boy, he just doesn't quite know, does he? He doesn't know quite how bad things can get and that all of that is really all right. But aren't we the same? Aren't we the same? Aren't we oftentimes like that little boy who had a, a no good, very bad, just terrible day and everything went badly for us and we think that everything is just horrible? His mantra through that book by the way is i just want to move to australia he thinks bad days don't happen there sometimes we do that with the church sometimes we think well i just want to move to another congregation because well bad days won't happen there these problems won't be there everything's perfect over there i've heard how perfect it is over there how green the grass is on the other side and we think if I just move, if I just go to a different place, well, all the problems will be solved and life will be wonderful. Bad days happen in Australia too. Everybody has bad days. But there's something that some of us get very good at. And some of us get very good at finding reasons to call a day bad. Bad. Right, we, we may be having actually a very good day, but we find one thing that didn't go quite right and we decide, aha, I knew it was going to be a bad day, and this proves it. I stub my toe on my gold-plated bed frame. What a horrible day. Right? We find a reason to make it a bad day, and as we do that, as we do that, we defeat any sort of a Christian mindset we might have. You see, it's, it's really impossible to be encouraging when I'm focused on my bad day. It's really impossible to care about anyone else when I'm focused on my bad day because all I care about at that moment is me. And when that's our focus when we give in to that sort of mentality and that mindset that only cares about me and decides that even the best of days is not really that great because there's little imperfections in it, we begin to behave badly. We begin to choose things that are against God. We begin to sin. Paul gives us a different goal. And it's a goal that I think we need to Recite to ourselves over and over and over again. It's one we can't hear enough about. It comes in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, which was our scripture reading this morning. I thank Mike for reading that for us. Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely... Whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Paul writes that passage while imprisoned. And while there are fellow Christians looking to make him feel badly. Now they're looking to do that by preaching the gospel. And so in chapter 1 Paul says, I'm just going to rejoice over that. It doesn't matter really that they're trying to make me feel bad. It matters that they're spreading the gospel. And so he practices what he preaches in that sense. He looks at a terrible situation that really is terrible. If I was in prison I think it would be terrible. And he looks at that though and he says, no, it's really not that bad. There's good being done for God and so this is a great situation. This is wonderful and I'm content here. And he's teaching them to do the same. It's important to realize our minds don't naturally do that. Our minds don't just naturally, at least most of us I think, mine maybe, you can decide for yourself, but I don't think we naturally think that way all the time. And let me prove it to you, I asked my, my father-in-law this morning, I didn't tell him I would share his answer, but, uh, but I am. I asked him this morning, I said, what happened in the Garden of Eden? And he said, well, Eve was deceived and started bringing up things about Satan and, and, and sin and all this stuff. And I said, you know, that's what I thought of too. I said, but you know what we forgot is all the good that was there. There was so much good, right? The, the creation was there and man was placed in the garden and there was plenty of food and fellowship with God and he was walking in the cool of the day and they just had everything that you could ever imagine and yet we, we, we tend toward the, the sin part of that because we think, oh man, it would have been great to be there, right? And, and they ruined it for us. We tend toward the negative, don't we? In a situation... We have to fight to focus on the positive of things. We have to fight to have a godly mindset and focus on the good rather than the bad. And we need to do that in the church. We need to do that in the church. There are a lot of church activities that go on, right? Upcoming, we've got our, uh, our Ladies' Day, and, uh, and that's gonna, I'm convinced that's going to be just an excellent event. And all of the ladies here, both young and old, and e- even if you consider yourself somewhere in between, you ought to make plans to be there, because that's just going to be a tremendous event. We've got a lady coming in, uh, her name is Wheezy Burger Louise, but Wheezy is what she goes by, and uh, I'm friends with her and her husband. She's coming by to talk about hospitality, and I'm convinced that she is going to have many, many great things to say that will aid our ladies in their spiritual walk. Ladies make plans to be there. But you know, there are some things that might keep you from planning to be there, or even if you go, some things that you might find that you would say, boy, I really didn't care for that day because... The seats. I wish we had just put new covers on all the seats in the auditorium. My backside hurt after getting up. And so it was a bad day. Or perhaps the teaching that's offered may challenge you more than you're comfortable with. Isn't that terrible when that happens? Or is that really a very good thing when it's biblical? You see, there's all sorts of things that might keep you from coming. The terror of being challenged. The fear of meeting some new people. The fear of being put to work. Gentlemen, that goes for us too, doesn't it? We, we're asking for some helpers with breakfast and all of that sort of stuff. And oh, it's terrifying to say, yeah, I'll be there to help, I guess. And you get there and you think, oh no, nobody else is going to show up and it's all going to be on me. That won't happen, by the way won't happen not if we look at things with a godly mindset a mindset that looks for the good looks at the fact that we get an opportunity to serve and an opportunity to do good for our sisters in christ and sisters it's an opportunity to grow nothing we do here on earth is perfect including church activities and and events and things like that will there be things that go wrong and mistakes that are made absolutely sure But does that make it bad? Well, absolutely not. You see, you can focus on the souls reached, the opportunities created, the Christian character that's been developed by it. And that goes for any and all church activities that exist. Seek the good in them. If you look at church activities, find the good in them. Because you're teaching you're learning, you're growing together as the Lord's family. What about worship? Worship. That's one of those things that whenever we talk to each other about it formally, we always have good things to say. Nearly every week I get up and I tell you it's great to be with you, and every week I mean it. It's great to be with you and it's great to praise our god together and worship together but then sometimes off in a in a darkened corner of the building we whisper and we say did you hear what that preacher said <laughs> or we say did you hear that baby and how loud it was right some of those things get said in that darkened corner of the building And we've begun to look for the bad. Don't look for the bad. Look for the good. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And uh, let's look down. Let's look down. At about verse 26. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 26. Paul is talking or writing to the Corinthians about their gathering together for worship on the first day of the week. And he's talking about how they can choose two goals. Or rather, they can choose one of two goals. They can choose to focus on themselves and edify themselves. Or they can choose to focus on every other person gathered with them and edify all of them. And here in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26, what is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. And in this sense, edification not of the individual, but of the church. The edification, the building up of the body of Christ When my focus is on edifying all of you, it is impossible, it is impossible to find scriptural worship disappointing. When my focus is on edifying all of you, it is impossible to find scriptural worship disappointing or disheartening. And I guarantee if my goal is to edify you, I'm going to leave here having received what so many hope to receive. And that's the encouragement, the building up, the strength that you find being part of the church. But whenever I come and I focus on myself and I think, boy, I need I need. To be edified. I I need to wait for everyone to come to me and do me the favor. That's when I leave empty. That's when I leave empty. Leaving filled is really totally up to each individual. To put everyone else before themselves. And when you do you will leave filled. You will leave edified. There is something good in worship all the time. There was a problem in Philippians. In Philippi, they had some seemingly selfish problems. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 2, you read about a couple of ladies who needed to, to get along. And I want to read that for you. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 2, he says, I urge you, Odia, and I urge Syntyche, to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I also ask you to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always and I will say again, rejoice. The church is full of people and not a one of us is perfect. Not a one of us can claim the sinless life of Christ as equal to our own. No matter how mature of a Christian you are, there are still times when you are caught completely off guard. And you're caught completely in sin. That's important for every one of us to recognize. And it's important to recognize that the longer we spend with each other, the more often or the more times we will recognize each other's sinful moments. And that requires us all the more to seek the good in each other. In Philippians chapter 4 and verses 8 and 9, I believe Paul is doing something not just for life priorities, but for priorities in the church and in how to behave as brethren and how to think of each other as brethren that it's not just about shaking hands and sharing a smile or a hug and then leaving and saying oh talking under our breath about each other but saying brother I see the good in you and then that brother or sister looking back and saying I see the good in you too even if there's been a moment of sinfulness that's occurred as we find more and more about out or more and more out about each other and as we grow closer and closer together our sins become more evident our mistakes become more hurtful <coughs> and it is in those times that we must we must focus On the good and honorable things that we have seen in each other. On the dedication to Christ that we both have. On the forgiveness that He offers to all of us. And on how undeserving any of us are of it. Those are the things which will continue to draw us together as brethren. Those are the things that will allow us to continue to look at the good in each other rather than focusing on the disappointing. Find good in every church activity. Find good in every moment of scriptural worship. And oh, find good in every brother and sister in Christ. If we focus on those things, those good and pure and right things, we will be pleasing to God. And Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 tells us that the God of peace will be with us. I want peace in this congregation. I want peace in this congregation. And that will happen if we focus on these good and right and pure things. When we pray for that peace that passes all understanding, really we're praying that we will focus on what is honorable and good in everything. And God will provide that for us. Let's pray together as we close our lesson. Our dear Heavenly Father, you are mighty and you are wise. You show us every day how much we ought to love You. You bless us beyond what we see. And You always watch over us with Your caring gaze. Father, help us to have the right mindset toward all the things we do together. Help us to find the good things and the pure things and to dwell on them instead of letting mistakes weigh us down and keep us from the joy and the peace that you offer. Let us find the good in our worship together. Let us find the good especially in each other. And even as we recognize our shortcomings and mistakes, we pray that we may be forgiven for them both by you and by our brethren. And we pray that we ourselves may forgive. You've given us so much. The greatest gift of all is your Son who died for us so that we could be with you eternally. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning before we leave, you need to know that there's an opportunity for you here. Not just for those who are regularly gathered here, but our visitors as well. There's an opportunity to make sure that your life is right with God. If you're not a Christian, but you realize that Jesus is God's Son who died for your sins, was raised three days, or was raised after three days in the tomb, and you understand that your life needs to change to be pleasing in His sight, and you're willing to obey God from this day onward, then you're ready to be immersed in water where you'll contact the blood of Christ and enter the eternal covenant with Him and be forgiven of all your sins by Him. This morning, if you have a spiritual need, whatever it may be, we ask that you please come to the front of the auditorium so that we can help you as we stand and sing.